Hello? Knock, knock. Okay. From the Iola Register, I'm Tim Stauffer. And I'm Richard Lucan. And this is Registered. For today's episode, Richard and I spoke with Kent Thompson at his real estate and auction office in Iola. This is the first in a series of episodes interviewing locals who are seeking elected office and face a primary opponent on August 4th. A rural La Harp resident, Thompson has represented Kansas's 9th district, which covers Allen County and most of Neosho County, since 2013. He's currently running for re-election and faces Armando Hernandez of Chenu in the primary. At the time of this episode's publication, we remain unable to contact Mr. Hernandez despite multiple phone calls and emails. Here's our conversation. I just want to know a little bit about you. I don't know you very well, um, and I don't know... Tim, I'm a lifelong resident of Allen County, uh -huh. except for the five years I was gone to go to college, and that was at Pittsburgh State. I lived here, was born, well, I was born in Fort Scott, I was born in Allen County, and raised here, went to high school here, played high school football, and I guess I was good enough that Pitt State paid me to play college football. And since I got a scholarship, so I didn't have to pay anything. Yeah. And um, when you came back after school, what'd you get into? I, when I, when I graduated from college, um, my wife was a year younger than me in school. And um, I came back here. At that time, my dad had an auction business, and he, uh, they asked me to get involved with them at the auction business, him and his partner, and so hell I did, and I did that when I was still in college. I'd come back on Saturdays and Sundays and do auctions, and, uh, you know, that, I mean, for the guy my age at that time, it was good money, mm -hmm. you know, and so I'd work Saturday, Sunday, and I'd make more money than most people do working all week, and mm -hmm. then I started my real estate company. The main reason I got in the auction business to start with is they asked me if I'd get a real estate license because they kept turning down all these real estate sales. When they did farm sales or household sales, they, people always said, will you sell a house or whatever. So they said, well, you get the real estate license. I said, sure. So I got a real estate license and um, when I was a senior in college. So I was 22 or 3 years old. I started my own company and about to starve to death for five years. And after that, it kind of worked out. And so, you have cattle as well? And yeah, you and I've always lived in the country, or? and we, we run and have a pretty good-sized cow-calf operation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're running several hundred cows and you know and over it's just been an evolution so to speak I'd buy a farm and you know buy more cows and buy a farm and buy more cows and you know it was kind of a that started as kind of a tax shelter that turned into a hobby that got way out of control <laughs> honestly <laughs> you know Judge Kreitz is a good friend he's like why don't you ever play golf I said I got a bad cow habit <laughs> you know my, my free time I deal with cows that was actually my part um, one of my follow up questions just in your very little free time that's not operated or that's not in the cow calf operation uh -huh. and with politics and the real estate and the auctions. Right. What do you do? <laughs> that's all I do. Yeah. My wife and I are both workaholics. We know it. So we do something that we enjoy doing and mm -hmm. spend a lot of hours every week doing it. You know, I'm one of those people that I can never go home at night and sit down and go, I don't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we got several farms that had to be taken care of, you know, yeah. Yeah. so. Well, when you think about always having something to do, when you think about running for re-election, <laughs> one, the first part of the question is, 
what's motivating you to, to seek re-election? And if, then two, what do, what do you want to do when you when if you get there again? If we if we had not had this pandemic, I would not have filed. Really? Um, I just didn't think it was a good time to change the seat. Um, huh. We're going to have a lot of tough decisions made in Topeka in the next couple of years. And Mostly concerning state finances and local finances? 90%, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah that will be the issue. Um, Just because there's no sales tax revenue coming in? and Well, the state took about a billion dollar hit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to look at that and go, okay, where are they going to make those cuts? I don't want those cuts to be in my ninth house district, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Oh, it makes good sense. So, and I've been there long enough that I, I feel like I have pretty good influence and and uh, do the right things for the right reasons and didn't just didn't want to take that out of that seat right now. Did that, do you think that the, this whole pandemic, of course, obviously thrusts itself, so that probably, does that dissuade, like I know the Medicaid talks kind of got swept away this year probably because of that, but things like oh, that, they school that, They use that conveniently to, <laughs> so they didn't have to address that issue. You think that when you have a topic or? that I shouldn't say topic. When you have a policy that over half the people in the state want, that over half the people in my district want, to not at least put it on the floor and talk about it is an absolute travesty. When you know it has the votes to pass. And you know it has the votes to pass. That's wrong. That's wrong. Does leadership get that message into people? They get it. So what's not connecting A to B there? They still, they still, there's still that brown bag mentality. There's still the hangover from, and the hangover effect from Brownback's time, where he had all those far right conservatives clinched down on that topic, and we're still dealing with those people in leadership roles. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed in leadership. I'm very disappointed. We only passed 19 bills this year. Last year we had around 100, and the year before around 100. 100 is consistent. And I'm not saying we need 100 new laws every year. Honestly, don't mistake that, or I guess I don't know how I should say that, but why do we only have 19? And nine of them were done in special session. Um, Because the majority leader sets on that stuff, keeps it below the line. But here's the deal. When all those bills are there and available to bring them above the line, which means they're debated on the House floor, every single one of those came out of committees. So those ideas, those potential laws, those potential regulations have been very thoroughly vetted. And, you know, a majority of a committee thought, yeah, this should see the light of day, meaning it should hit the House floor, it should come above the line, let's vote on it. Let's debate it as a body. But leadership has a habit, they've done it for the seven years I've been there. They hold everything to the very end, right? And then people won't miraculously vote for something at 3 a.m. they won't vote for at 10 a.m. Right? I mean, they create pressure. They put pressure on people to vote for stuff that they wouldn't normally want. Well, they hold the floor, you know, and call, make a call. Yep, exactly right. What, what, I mean, with that, what, what do you envision this next session being like? Are you, are you talking about health-related-wise or preventative-wise? Ma- yeah. Are we wearing masks or we not wearing masks? Are we, where are we at on the curve? Are we flattened it? Are we still ascending? All those things we don't know until January, second week of January, right? I mean, we can predict as we go through the fall and kind of see what this thing's doing. I don't think this thing's going away anytime soon. 
I think this is going to become a new normal for us. Mm. Well, think about it. Has the flu gone away? Right. right. I mean, it's remained in, in society for how many years now? Yeah. Obviously, it peaks and valleys, it spikes, but it's always somewhere. When you talk about protecting the ninth district here right. from what will probably be, as you're saying, with the billion-dollar hidden state finances, mm -hmm. devastating budget cuts, mm -hmm. what, what are some of the things that you say, no, hands off here, what do you, what do you look at protecting the ninth district from? You know, and I, I apologize, I can't quote this to you, what every single tax um, breakdown or state tax breakdown is that comes into Allen and Neosho counties. I could get that information. But money, state monies come here and also a lot of federal monies that come to the state that are then pushed down to the local. Um, those are lots of lots and lots of dollars. Yeah. And I, I know how that stuff flows and I just, like I said, didn't feel comfortable abandoning the seat and putting You're somebody in. You're imagining a first term representative going in there and getting Obviously. pushed around. Right. And having oh. to say, hey, you know, over here, look at me and yeah. nothing's and going nobody's away. And nobody's going to look at him. Yeah. Because you were a majority whip for a time, right? I was. Um, not this past year because the votes just weren't there for a path for me to do that. Mm -hmm. But I did serve as the majority whip uh, a couple of years previous to that. So Yeah. Is yeah, that a role you'd not, be interested in, in filling again? Or? I would be interested in leadership. And yeah. In fact, I'm getting a lot of pressure from some colleagues to do that. Oh, so, really? You know, I make it a point, And I, the Speaker of the House called me this morning. We had a nice visit. And, and I don't agree with the speaker a lot, but I still treat him well. I, you know, I don't look at how people vote and judge them. I don't look at, you know, what their opinion on policy is. What I care about is the quality of the person. You know, because most of the time we're going to get along on, on good stuff. If, it, if something is on the House of Lords that makes common sense to me, it probably makes common sense to a lot of people that have common sense, yeah. right? <laughs> that are people that are, that are uh, good people that are doing the right thing for the right reasons. You know, sadly, we have a lot of colleagues that aren't there based on their own individual merit. They're there because the Kansas Chamber put them in a seat or AFP put them in a seat. Um, luckily for me, I didn't have to take that route. When the, and I was, I'm glad you, or not glad you mentioned that, but you kind of bring that up where you, you kind of bucked that. I mean, you, you, you speak about being the one who kind of sees a person rather than just doing that and it's kind of right. way you've, you've done that without their support Bingo. does that give you well I see guess, they came after in the 14 primary I was there one year yeah and I made one vote that they didn't like and they came after me and primaried me the next year that was on the it, was it a uh, concrete for wind farm I'm trying to remember it was, what it was it was uh, what they call that RFP it's basically a mandate by state government that we'd get 20% of our um, electrical usage in this state by wind power by the year 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. We're greatly exceeding that. Yeah. Greatly exceeding yeah, that. We're in the me, top five in the country. Bingo. Wind might be bingo. in the top two. And, and don't believe me, I don't think wind is the total answer, but it's certainly a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. But I voted, I voted um, for that, and they wanted me to vote against that because that was the chamber's policy at the time. Mm. And so they come after me and beat me up for it. Spent a lot of money, and they wasted their money. Yeah. I mean, they just flat out wasted their money. I've got a question just about coming from the 9th District and mm -hmm. in Topeka. Mm -hmm. What you bring to the table as someone who represents rural Kansas and southeast Kansas. We're poorer than many parts of the state. Um, we have a huge, most of our local workforce relies on industry. 
you know, you can look at Russell Stover, Gates, um, Peer, you know, many, Horizon is Horizon. I mean, you're, you've got mm -hmm. Neosho County there as Absolutely. well. So you think about what you bring. Do you feel understood in Topeka? Or do you feel like there's a rural-urban divide? I mean, is that something you're always... Yeah, you're, There's you're, 23 state representatives in Johnson yeah. County. Yeah, I'd say the first two or three years I was there, I spent more time trying to educate those guys about what happens out here in the country, in the rural areas. I mean, seriously, I mean they, they don't know. It's a different life to them. Medicaid, disconnect, just that's, you don't, you don't huge. envision that. No. Guess, Is it they don't understand how the economy works? They don't understand or? the economy. They don't understand anything. I mean, they don't mm -hmm. understand living in the country. It's different mm -hmm. than living in the city. Perfect example, Medicaid expansion. Yeah. If I'm a state representative in Olathe, Kansas, and that hospital closes, well, the other hospital is 10 minutes that way. Yeah. Right? So they don't have our mentality. Different than a critical access hospital. Bingo. Closes. They yeah. don't realize that, man, if we lose our hospital in Allen County, we're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, in a sense that, you know, who's going to step in and provide that medical care? Well, I'm going to be candid then. Right, Sometimes I feel like Johnson County, Sedgwick, Riley, Douglas, etc., they don't need to understand how rural America works because they're the ones giving all the money anyways. Right. And I, I worry about that because they contribute because of property taxes and sales. Well, the, the size of well, their local economies are huge. Well, their mentality is we're educating only the rural kids. Yeah. And my argument to that is, yeah, you're right, but we're giving you your next workforce. We've been giving you your workforce for 50 years. Because so the many kids, people from here move to those areas? Find 10 kids that graduated Iowa High School 10 years ago. And 90% of them are gone. And you know where they're at? Kansas City. Yep, yep. I mean, that's that's happened for years and years, guys. So. Yeah, I know my local class. I graduated in 2003. Right. How many of your classmates are here? I can count on this hand. Right. But, you know, there's some that might be around here that I don't know, but fewer than five that I know. Right. And, again, they're all in Kansas And I shouldn't say all, but we know a big percentage of them are in Kansas City or Sedgwick County or Douglas County or... You, know, we, you basically have five urban counties in the state, you know, and then the rest of us, the hundred other counties are mostly rural. Yeah. Um, so well, those are the five that are growing. I mean, there's correct. five counties that correct. are... Correct, correct. Yeah. So, yeah, that's always there. That's always there. And, then, you know, after we go through, uh, oh, don't know what they call it. Um, the census. The census stuff. Mm -hmm. What is the term for that? Redistricting. Uh, redistricting. Yeah, after we redistrict... You know, we're going to lose more rural guys. I mean, we have less people in the country now than we did last time they census. You know? Yeah. So I have a fear that Johnson County picks up another couple, you know. Which it likely will. Which it likely will. Yeah. It likely will. And those guys absolutely don't know. I mean, some of them have a farm background, but very, very few of them. Yeah. Very few of them. We'll be right back. In these uncertain times, many things have changed. Plans have been placed on hold, events and celebrations canceled. But some things shouldn't change, like your goals and dreams. A college education is still your best path forward, and now is a great time to learn online. Allen Community College has been providing award-winning distance education for 20 years. With exciting courses, in-demand programs, and credentialed instructors, Allen Online Learning is the region's leader in quality higher education. Allen is enrolling now. Summer sessions begin June 8th, and the fall semester begins August 17th. With one low tuition rate, fall scholarships, and financial aid available, Allen remains accessible and affordable. Visit allencc.edu to learn more. 
Allen Community College, where more than education, we're opportunity. Is it as toxic with the rural, I mean, you, you see the, the, like you mentioned, the different factions that are just polar opposites in terms of philosophical, and is it, is it that extreme for rural, urban divide as no, well, or is it no, not? I, it's just your more? toxic word is not appropriate. Okay. It, it, is it a tension? Yeah. Tension, okay. Yeah. But you also have to realize, I bet you I know a very high percentage, I don't know, 70-80% of the people in my district. People in Johnson County don't know their districts, right? They get elected because people have these slick mailers that they send out or postcards. Yeah. And it's, in today's world, a social media platform. But they don't know the school superintendent. You know, the school superintendent didn't text them at midnight on the House floor. You know, they just don't. Or they're coming in to visit after a day of working on a hay baler. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. They just don't have that. They're more disconnected. I'm surprised that you don't believe... Toxic isn't a word that you'd use. I, I don't think it rises to that level. Huh. At least it didn't with me. Of course, I, I try to be a nice guy. You know, I mean, I try to play nice. My wife, jokingly, sends me texts. We're up there 24 hours straight. You know, she's saying, text me. So are you playing nice in the sandbox? Because, <laughs> you know, I'll exert my opinion rather strongly if it's needed. Yeah. But I don't threaten. And I told them, everybody, when I was uh, the majority whip, I said, look, I'll come and ask you for a vote. I said, I won't bully you. I don't like to be bullied. So consequently, I don't bully anybody. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I mean, I did play college football. I can give you my linebacker look. But, you know, I'm not going to bully people. I just don't believe in that. You know, it's interesting to me what you say about being closer to your elected officials. You're right. I lived in Kansas City area. I lived in Roland Park for about five years. Did you know your state rep or your state senator? We, Probably knew who they were. We, I knew who they were, but right. Lord, that was never going to meet them. Now. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I, you know, and um, I didn't work in the same school district that my kids would have gone right. to. Right. So I think there's a big disconnect there because Agreed. here, Agreed. you know, you're likely going to if you're in two five seven working here. Most of the time, your kids are going right. to be in the school district. Correct. There are people that travel, you know, to work at Russell Stover and, and sure. other places, but. Um, <laughs> You know, that, that gives voters a chance to really know you. Mm -hmm. What are some of your values as, as a person, as a politician? You know, what are, what are some of the kind of the ways you'd like to think that people regard you as? as I know you mentioned not bullying people, you know, and kind of respecting people where right. they come from and well, seeing them as people and not politicians. That's just a common courtesy thing, though, you guys. I mean, you know, you, you treat others as you want to be treated. I mean, plain and simple. Um, you know, that... That's a trait I think that we lose a lot these days, especially because of social media. I mean, people say things on social media they would never say to your face. Right, yeah, just right. Like when you when you guys at the paper, yeah, right, at 11 o'clock at night, you're pretty big and pretty tall, right, <laughs> when, you're, when you're there. But um, your mom had that sound off thing uh, at the one time. You guys remember that? That was controversial. Yeah, Because, again, people will say stuff when they're protected by... You know, not having to have the personal interconnection or uh, connection with people. Mm -hmm. I think my grandfather actually said that it was the worst idea he ever had. He, he did. We talked about <laughs> it. He did. He did. Well, because here's the deal. If you're going to be a journalist and you're going to be respected, you got to be trusted. Yeah. And how do you get trust when you allow people to say stuff and then run around the corner and hide? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there's some journalistic integrity there, in my, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. yeah. You think being county commissioner... Benefited you as a state legislator? No question. Mm -hmm. No question. 
Right. Oh, absolutely. Because of building the interpersonal communications. And exactly right. I mean, and you got to realize it's different today. You know, back in the day, we all have a house phone, mm-hmm. right, on our desk on, at the Kansas house. But today we all have these. Right. You know, I'm texting my superintendent at midnight <laughs> when we're talking school finance. Right. I'm texting, you know, it just, it's a different way to communicate. Yeah. But it's less personal. Right. Right? It's just less personal than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And okay. I've just seen that in my lifetime, you know. It's okay. As your experience in real estate, there seems to be a chicken and egg situation here in, in, in Iola and Allen County that I keep hearing. And I'm fairly, you know, I've been back two years, so there's there's still a lot I don't know. But it always seems to be, we need jobs or we need housing. <laughs> and it's kind of the, the chicken and the egg. Um, I mean, both. we're talking about Russell Stover's expanding, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of housing um, for yeah. these people to live. I've sold houses here since I was 21 years old. Trust me, I know. So what do we do? How do we get... The I mean, pro- here's the problem. After Hurricane Katrina, building cost all, or building materials doubled in price almost instantly. And it was, before, it was before that too, but since building supplies have found a new high, you can't build a house in Iowa. I mean, for what it costs to build it, you can't sell it for that height. Right. Right? I mean, you can't. I mean, if we, you tell me you want to build a 2,000 square foot house, blah, 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 I'm going to build it for X amount of dollars, and add about 30,000 to that. Hmm. So now you take that house, who are you going to sell it to? Who's right. going to pay 20 grand more than market to live in that brand new home? Yeah. I mean, most people have to get a loan. Most people aren't going to do that. Especially when they're coming from Johnson County and they're making right. less money than they used to be. Right. Is there any you know, subsidy you know, problem or I, We were in a meeting. I was in a meeting with Thrive here a while back, and uh, there was a big group of us, industry guys, and, and, and I said, look, you guys are probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but it's a fact. I said, we'd solve our housing problem overnight if we did one thing. And they're like, what? I said, if we doubled everybody's salaries, that worked in those factories. You wouldn't have a housing problem in two years because people would have the money to be able to build that house. People would have the money to be able to buy a house, right? And I said, I know you guys all compete in the global workplace or market and you're not going to do that. You can't afford to do it. But that would solve the problem because yeah. the problem is not enough cash yeah, to be able to handle the house, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the issue. Huh. Of that's course, all those guys kind of stood there like you did or sat there and went, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I no, mean, I... nobody ever wants to say it, but it's a fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, why do we have Russell Stover's here? Mm-hmm. There's not chocolate running down the Neosho River, right? Because <laughs> they're here for one thing. Get cheap workforce? Bingo. Labor. Cheap labor, people that still have a rural background, people that show up to work sober, people that show up to, <laughs> well, it's a fact. Yeah. Uh, that's why they're here. They're not here because we have a natural resource they need. There's not chocolate out there in that river that I know of. They're here for that one reason, cheap labor force. What got you interested in politics to start with? Somebody, uh, Bob Toggenton came and asked me to run for county commissioner. And I respected the heck out of Bob Talkington. Played golf with him a lot, and he did law or legal work for my dad, and I've known him. He watched me grow up. I was playing golf with Bob one day after my senior year in college, playing football. And we're playing golf, and he's the president of the Senate at that time. Hmm. Playing in a golf tournament, and I played in a group with him. 
And he said, dang, Kent, he said, you had 180, 162 tackles last year and six interceptions and 12 sacks. And he listed my all of my stats to the one, and it was wow. accurate. And that knocked my socks off. I thought, here's the president of the Kansas Senate who's got a million things on his mind. Why the hell does he care about Kent Thompson playing football at Pitt State? How many interceptions I have? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, as an Iola kid, he followed me, yeah. plain and simple. But, boy, that impressed me. It really did. But he came and asked me to run for county commission years and years ago. He said, I think you'd be a good one. He said, I'd like to see you do it. And so I thought, well, what the heck, I'll try it. And I ran and won the seat, and I ended up being there 12 years. You never so. overlapped with him in Topeka at all? Unfortunately, no. Yeah. Yeah. I would give anything to <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd give anything to be there when Bob was there, as opposed to what we have currently as a Senate president, I can assure you. Hmm. When you look back on your career, what have been some of the toughest decisions, toughest votes you've had to cast? Do you have hmm. a couple that stand out in your mind? All votes are tough. Um, again, because if you care, but um, I'm not going to let you answer that way. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the one that I regret looking back is the one on uh, um, taking uh, due process away from teachers. Hmm. Uh, why? I think it's good. I think it's turned out to be okay, honestly. But I knew that my school districts, Chanute, Iowa, and Humboldt, I knew they would write because their superintendents told me that they would put it in their personnel policy that they would grant that in their in their employee contracts. There's certain pockets of the state where that due process thing is a real problem. You're talking about in the case of what they might view as an unjust termination. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to dig in that deep. There's just places where it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Let me ask the flip side of that. What's been one of the easiest votes you've ever cast? <laughs> where you thought, God, this is a no-brainer. Mm. This is a win for not just 51% of my district, but for Medicaid expansion. 99. Yeah. And we had to pull tricks to get that done. Yeah. And that was when... Governor Brownback vetoed. Oh, okay. No, so, last uh, year. Just, yeah, yeah. That's right, because the House passed it. was in the Senate that didn't get it. And it took, that was the funnest. There's two days that I would tell you that I had a lot of fun in Topeka. One was the day we did the Medicaid expansion and rolled leadership, basically. The second day was the day we got David Tolton um, mm-hmm. approved by the Senate because I spent a lot of time with that. And uh, I was, that was a good day. That was a good day. And Medicaid expansion was a good day. Those are the two funnest days I've had to be. Huh? You think that'll? You think that's possible this coming upcoming session, or what do you think? You think that's? I think the, I think when on? when seventy percent of the people in this state want it, I think when you've got the votes in the House and the Senate to do it, I think you probably don't have representative leadership if you don't do it. I mean, leadership's not representing the majority. Registered is produced by the Iola Register. For more episodes, subscribe to Registered wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Registered or find us online at iolaregister.com slash registered. To support our work, please consider subscribing to the Register. You can find out more at iolaregister.com slash subscribe. And thank you.